Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. First time, either way, you need a website that gives you access to all your favorite sports and makes it simple, which is why I recommend mybookie.com. Sign up today at mybookie.com and use the promo code DRINKINGBROS to secure your deposit bonus up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie.com. Yeah, welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, kids. Tonight could be the end, the end of the NBA Finals tonight, D'Anthony. Uh, breaking news: They have announced that uh, they're they're going to allow sixty plus thousand fans outside the stadium in the the Deer District. So, win or lose, that city's going to burn tonight. Uh, I don't think that it'll burn if they lose because they still have one, one game, game left. Yeah. I don't know, man. When there's that many people that close to a stadium like that, and you lose. I think shit could go sideways. I don't. It's we're not talking about Philadelphia here. It's Milwaukee. Well, hey, shut the fuck up over uh, there. There we got we got Delco Dan piping up in the background. Speaking yeah. of which, uh, our guest today um, is is from. It says you're from just outside of Philadelphia. Jake Fisher, writer for Sports Illustrated. You got a book out called Built to Lose. Um, where is it at? We we're trying to guess. Is it Delco? I'm from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, right now. Cherry Hill. Oh, uh, shit. All right, cool, That's man. better than Delco. Yeah, it's better than Delco. A little bit better than Delco. That's Although a- I will say, Delco's got a soft spot in my heart. And one time I was in Lisbon, in Portugal, and I was at some food market, and I heard a really thick Philly accent. And I walked right up to them, and I said, are you guys from Philly? And they said, yeah, I'm from Delco. What about you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did they travel overseas, though, is what I want to know. Because a lot of people in Delco are poor. No, they they must have won the lottery, right? I just watched Mayor of Easttown, and I'm I, I'm convinced that everybody's poor. They hate each other. Uh, hair dye doesn't exist. They won the lottery when they were born in America, motherfucker. Right? <laughs> uh, but not Delco. Shit. <laughs> That's like winning the lottery, but you have to share it with a bunch of other people. It's like winning the lottery for a million bucks, but you share it with like 30 other people. Yeah. They all hit the same like that scene in Bruce Almighty where yeah. everyone wins the lottery yeah. when they get like $6.73. Yeah. That's what it's like being from Delco. <laughs> um, look, I, I'm, a, I'm an author myself here, and I've got to commend you on this because amazon really goes the extra mile to make things like number one or what they are i don't know if you're aware of this right now but as of this <laughs> second uh on on the year of of jeff bezos's fucking birth i don't know if we're, we're doing that or not it should be a federal holiday for bezos he fucking did it um you are currently the number one bestseller for built to lose in the category of Cleveland, Ohio travel books. I want to say congratulations. Thank you very much. Wait, is, yeah. it a, is it about Cleveland specifically, or does Cleveland as a city lose so much that any book with the title <laughs> lose in it well, I think automatically gets associated SEO-wise with I, fucking Cleveland? Exactly. My Jesus guess, Christ. so before, my guess is huh. this. They've had so many number one lottery picks that Oof. it's just like, holy shit. Is that it? Well, basically, my that is that is correct, and somewhat being that Cleveland's in the book a lot because of that. But my publisher basically just tagged every city mm. that's in the book often, and now it's 
you know, that that's the algorithm that's pumping me up, but you know, I'll take it right. Beggars can't be choosers on these bestseller rankings. So goddamn right. Didn't, I can get it, I'll take it. Right. Didn't the Clippers kind of write the blueprint for all this stuff back in the nineties? Like they were a team, they were yeah. the only team in the NBA during a recession for the NBA that continued to make money, yep. but they ran that. That was the style. It was basically like the Marlins, right? They had, they would have a good team and then sell everybody, then have a decent team and then sell everybody. They yep. never took a loss. Like every other NBA team were taking losses back then. That owner for the Clippers treated those guys like slaves. Nailed it. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know why um, Atlanta's not in here. I'm looking at this right now. Like, I, Atlanta no, the Hawks a f- are the most uh, modern-day perfect example of how tanking works, right? Yeah, dude. I mean, look, I, I was pissed about the Luka thing, and then this year – uh, trading, you know, for Trey Young, I was like, all right, maybe this is going to pan out for us, but we're nowhere near close to a title, in my opinion. Dallas or the Hawks? The Hawks. Yeah, I, I think you know they could have been one of this year. This was in a crazy season, right? But you know, I think Trey's obviously a, a fucking superstar, and and what he does offensively is special. But yeah, they're they're a piece or two away, I think, and. Mm. But they've got the groundwork now. I mean, they made the conference finals in year three. Like, this is an opportunity yeah. to, to show other other players, like, come here, come join Trey. He's going to get you shots. He's going to get you opportunities to score and get paid. Like, I, I think they're on the right direction. They're I further along than Luca is. I, I completely agree with that. I think that Trey is going to have more long-term team success than Luca. He's he, he revels in being a villain. Mm-hmm. For, for the opposing team. Luca just is out there. He, he obviously loves playing basketball, but he's a high usage rate guy. Right. right? And that's going to, you're going to have to find a certain kind of player to be able to play with him. And those guys come at a premium, those dudes that can score without the ball, those mm-hmm. guys that can uh, play great, uh, are two uh, great two way players and stuff like that. You need them on a team with a guy like Luca, and you need a couple of them. But they're premium guy. Like, how many fucking Andre Godalas exist? Yeah. Back I, in the day, and how many exist now? You know what I mean? I look at uh, the East, though. I, look, if the Bucks win tonight, which Dan and I think they are going to win, uh, they'll be good for many years. Giannis is still very young. Uh, and then I look at the Brooklyn Nets, man. They would have won, in my opinion, if they didn't get hurt. Now, Trey Young, look, I, I'm with you on this, dude, and I fucking raged on this show. When he <laughs> sat out game five, I thought yeah. that was just a fucking pussy move for a 22-year-old with an ankle injury. Go for it, dude. This was the year. You're right. This was the year. It was so weird. This NBA Finals has been weird. We gamble on all this shit. I, this is the first time uh, this last game that I just didn't bet it because I couldn't. I still can't get a feel for this series. Luckily, my co-host here picked out the winner tonight because it's minus five tonight, and I'm not in on that. Um, but he said, look, start looking at player props. We found Giannis scoring 30 points and the Bucks winning. Then there's no spread, and I think I'm all in. And on it's plus that 100, tonight. so you're going to double your money Correct. up on that. I yeah. think that's probably the best wager right now. Although they, you know, they, there's a lot of other ones out there. Yeah, but with with Trey, yes, dude, play game five, and then you know game six and all that. Like I, I was so pissed off by it that you don't get to go there. And, you and if you look at Chris Paul, this is the first time he's been there. Yeah, go, just fucking play you hard. Don't, you don't, you don't fucking have your opponent on the ropes and then step backwards ever. Brian Snicker did it with the Braves in the fucking playoffs last year. Yeah. He didn't, instead of starting Max Fried in game five, he went with a bullpen game. They lost that and they lost the next one too. Right. Fucking you, when you have sports is all about momentum these days. Yeah, dude, maybe more so than ever in sports history because of social media, because the fans show up and show out and shit like that. You just can't, 
You can't take your foot off the gas ever. And you can't take anything for granted. And this would have been the perfect year. You know, that weird Tampa Bay Bucks Super Bowl from, you know, when Trent Dilfer was quarterback. Something like that could have been fun and flirty this year. Uh, he didn't want to play, so I don't know. I, I, I question his heart, but you got Brooklyn in the East. you got Milwaukee in the East. Um, and then whoever else is on the come up over there. Sixers, look, you're a Philly guy or right outside there. Um, what do you think of the Sixers? What do they do with Ben Simmons? Like, you get rid of that fucking guy and bring in somebody good. The Sixers could be a contender. Yeah. I mean, the Sixers are probably at the heart of my book, right? Sam Inkey's process mm-hmm. years where, and to kind of go to what you guys were just saying, to, to win a title, it's fucking hard. And you need a lot of luck. And you need a lot of things to go your way. And there's so many unforeseen variables that are going to pop up you know, in your pursuit of that championship, like these guys, these executives, they're just trying to compile a roster that's got a chance, right? Like no one has the hubris to be like, we're winning this thing this year. They're trying to give themselves like a 7% chance at at the start of the year Mm, to just be in that top conversation, not even the conversation, like the teams that actually have a real chance. So with Embiid being there, like as long as he's there and healthy, no matter who's there, no matter if Ben Simmons is there, if they trade him, I, I do think they're going to look to move him. I think they're asking price. I mean, I always talked to a team the other day, who yesterday, who was trying to inquire about Philly. Like, their asking price is high. They want an all-star caliber player back. But I think if Ben is, you know, returning, as long as they have him beat, we saw them this year. They're going to be the right at the top of the tier of the East. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be a, a legitimate threat as, as long as Joel is healthy and can dominate both sides of the court like he has been. So, because you have the inside knowledge, obviously, at Sports Illustrated, uh, I'm not going to ask you which team. I'm sure you don't want to give up your source <laughs> uh, live on air. Um, but, like, what kind of all-star are we talking yeah. about? Second team NBA, third team NBA, or exactly less than ask. that? Yeah. I mean, what, what are we yeah. talking about? And some picks, maybe? Um, I don't know. I think it's dependent. Like, if it's Kyle Lowry, for example, let's say, in a sign-and-trade scenario. Like, Philly's not giving up assets to trade a 24-year-old three-time all-star to get mm. a 35 year old right? right right but if it's something where you know i, I don't think portland's going to move dame anytime soon but if it's something where it's ben simmons for cj mccollum let's say like i think maybe philly even gets an asset back in that regard i, I think daryl moore is one of the more creative executives in the league yeah. and he's going to be you know figuring out and, and you know have some mad scientist type trade machine that like four team deals is going to be yeah, kicking yeah. around trying to figure out had to extract as much value back as he can. I, I don't know if it's going to be a clean one-for-one uh, solution, but the, like Malcolm Brogdon, for example, is not getting it done. They want somebody who like, you can throw the ball to in the fourth quarter in the half court and say, go, you can go get us a bucket right now if we can't find the ball to Joel on the block. Cause it's pretty hard in the fourth quarter in postseason games when the, the court shrinks and defense is triple team Joel. Like they need somebody else who can go get a shot who can actually make a shot on like Ben. Well, who isn't afraid to take it at this point too? Like yeah. shoot or shoot, man. If Steph Curry could miss 10 shots in a row and he's going to take 10 more, yeah. he doesn't give a fuck. Same with Trey Young. Because it's a matter of, it's a matter of probability at that point. He knows he's a fucking uh, 42, 43% from uh, the three and, and from the free throw line, he's a 91% free, th- yeah. free throw shooter, right? He knows with enough volume, he's going to make his shots. It'll make it a, he may make 10 in a row on the back end or whatever the case is. Right. So, Simmons lost it this year. Like in, in previous years, he, he's missed shots. He's not played up to his potential. His, his jump shot is terrible, so on and so forth. But this year, he stopped taking them. That's where he really made a mistake. Yeah. And I think that's where his value went way down, too. 
because nobody nobody respects a lack of confidence, not in this league. And, and the other thing about me that you don't know um, is that <laughs> I like sex, pure sex in all sports. Personalities, fun. I'll I'll flop on my own fucking team. Um, I've given up on Atlanta publicly on air uh, a year ago. I went scorched earth in the whole city and denounced all of my teams, right? Because I want to see excitement. Um, like with the Warriors, that was one of the, one of the funnest teams I've ever seen. If if the Sixers get Dame Lillard, motherfucker, I will buy season tickets, dude. I think that dude's <laughs> one of the sexiest dudes in the NBA. And I think with him on that team, you win a fucking title. You know dude. what scares me is this rumor that uh, the Warriors are looking to fucking send uh, Wigan up there and something else in exchange for Dame. That's a problem. <laughs> like that. What? They're, one, they're not gonna. It's gonna. It'll be. Definitely poked around trying to get Dame. I know. I know. Are they really? He's an Oakland guy. Why would they not do it? But here's the problem with that. They turn in. They immediately turn into that Suns team. Right with fucking Nash and and all those guys where they don't play any defense. It's just like I'm 130 to 120 every day. <laughs> hey man, I'm a Warriors fan. I, I lived there for fucking 10 years and watched probably 10 home games a season at a minimum. I would love that. Yeah, I would watch every single everybody in America would watch every single game with those. Kids. The same way they did when Durant was there. People were bitching about KD going there, but everybody watched every goddamn game. Oh, dude, and and on the flight back, we were flying back from the McGregor fights, and uh, there was a dude next to me, probably 22, 23 years old, on his iPad. He was watching old NBA Warriors yeah. uh, games on his fucking iPad with KD and and Steph and Clay and those guys, and I was like, I get it, man. Well, it was the last time they had good ratings, right? Yeah, I mean, the- last our uh, game five of last year's finals i believe got 18 million viewers and last night got our last game got 9.5 million somewhere in yeah, there no, it's, I, that, that's those are the numbers it's, yeah it's it's bad it, it, yeah it was or maybe it was, it's uh maybe it's 19 19 like yeah before season, yeah before yeah. covid i think yeah. um i don't know why it's so i mean maybe it's just because you have two small market teams playing right now and nobody gives a shit or it could be chris middleton let me ask you your thoughts on what he looks like if he looked different would he I be did. a f- superstar in this league? This is my take. My take is that if Chris Middleton was handsome, he would be a bona fide superstar. <laughs> yes. I've been saying this for months. <laughs> We've said Chris this on the show is. religiously, dude. He's also not like a sexy player either. Like, like when he has a highlight, it's like, oh, Chris Middleton, tough bucket. It's not like, wow, he broke this dude's ankles. He, <laughs> you know, left some guy. In the, like, he's, he's just not a sexy player by appearance or playing style. I can so what do you think people uh like the the casual or even the professional observer more so feels bad for the person for getting beaten by somebody that's so ugly is that what you think yeah it is? oh yeah, yeah, yeah like you feel some level of pity instead of praising his performance i felt more pain losing to the bucks um in that Hawks series because of how ugly chris middleton was and he was dropping 40 points on us and i was like man it felt like we were losing to my my dad's buddies at the ymca like that's what he looks like, where it's just underpants, still white underpants. Uh, the, the gray sweatpants are too baggy. You can see the underpants. And he's just rocking fucking mid-range jumpers, crushing your soul. He's a really nice dude. I sat down with him years ago in some hotel in New York because he had some ridiculous calf injury, I remember. We talked about his rehab and all that type of stuff. But he's not the most handsome guy on the street, especially not in that – especially standing next to Giannis, right? Giannis uh, is yeah. like – Literally a Greek god. Yeah. And Drew Holiday is a handsome guy. I mean, Dante DiVincenzo is a handsome guy. Chris Milton just he just he's just not a ten on that scale. It's unfortunate. 
Um, hey, but you know what else is unfortunate is maybe these comments because it also says your your book here is number three in Milwaukee, Wisconsin travel books as well. So well, they haven't won in forty years, right? Uh, well, they're going to win tonight. <laughs> they're going to win tonight. Uh, that could shoot to the top of the show. Do you have them winning tonight? I think the Suns are going to do it. I really oh. do. I mean, losing four straight is tough, and they've been in it like games four and five. They were right there, right? Like. I don't know. I, I think or five and six. I I, I think uh, no four and five. Yeah, we're in game six tonight. I think the pressure is going to be on Milwaukee. I think they got the game of Drew Holiday's life in game five. I don't know if that's replicable as much as I like Drew. Um, and I think you know this is this is the moment for Chris Paul to kind of redeem himself after a couple of bad stretches here. Is it is it too much pressure? Let me ask you that um, because you're driving into that stadium and most of the players do drive in uh, and they park mm-hmm. underground. You see 65,000 deer freaks out there waiting outside the stadium. You're driving through there. They know you're there. You're looking at them. you got 20,000 people inside the stadium. You know there's 100,000 people around you just waiting to explode. And you haven't won <laughs> since, what, 1974? Since before the merger. I think it was 72. Yeah, maybe. Uh, was it Lou Alcindor? It was. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, nailed it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that's, to me... That's a lot of pressure going in. We had a, a fucking roundabout yesterday, a little guessing game of who it was. Only hot Bob here. You can't see him because uh, he's <laughs> off camera. He's better looking than Chris Middleton. Um, he was the only <laughs> one to pick the Suns tonight on the, on the show. But uh, the money line's fat on that if you're looking to gamble on mybookie.com, promo code Drinking Bros. Get you up to a thousand back. So who knows? Um, but- a, lot, a lot of teams fail to close out in game six at home. That's a, that's a pretty regular occurrence. And, uh, Milwaukee's still a young team when it comes to this kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. And Giannis has actually had issues with the pressure this playoffs with the countdowns and the, on, the, on the free throws and shit like that. Um, it seems like the last couple of, like the last week or two, he's kind of leaned into that. Like you can see him listening to him and getting in a cadence with them talking shit and then taking his shot, which is a really good idea, by the way. Yeah. I don't know if anybody coached him to do that, if he just figured it out, but he... He certainly has performed better in pressure situations over the last three games. Now we'll see, you know, how that goes. And I, I'm, I'm worried about Chris Paul. I can't, tell if, um, I can't tell if he's injured or old or what. But he keeps making these weird-ass plays that seem to be like he had an idea, but he couldn't execute it like that, uh, losing the ball at the end of game four. Yeah. where he was trying to make that move and cut back in and take a mid-range jump shot. You could tell what he was going to do, but his feet just slipped out from under him. I mean, that looked like uh, uh, Cliff Ro- Paul. It looked like Robert De Niro trying to kick that dude and the Irishman. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was no it was, good. It was no good. Um, what do you think Chris Paul's issue has been this series? I think Drew Holiday's been in his shorts, you mm. know, covering him past half court. I, I think there's also been I, – I don't, I don't want to speak for Chris Paul, but I think there's definitely been some injury stuff. I mean, this doesn't look right. Like, mm. his handle's not as sharp. He doesn't – uh, you know, he's not looking for a shot as aggressively as we've seen him in game one. I, I think, you know, maybe also the, the age factor is a thing. Like, this has been a long journey, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the the Thunder lost in the first round last year, but they were in that bubble and there was that short turnaround. Mm-hmm. Like, covering the league from my apartment in Brooklyn, I'm fucking exhausted. My <laughs> girlfriend's been begging me to take, like, she's like, when's the NBA done? Like, I can't imagine what it's like for these guys to be playing this deep into this year after that short off season at 37 or however old Chris Paul is like, it can't be easy. No. Uh, and you've seen it all. I would imagine you've, you've been a contributor to bleacher report, sports illustrated slam magazine. 
Um, with, with all of that, do you know the day-to-day riggers and are they honest with you off the record? Yeah, I, I've been covering the league for eight years and I, I, there's a lot I, I know that I will never share publicly, yes. <laughs> yeah, because uh, one would imagine they probably look over and they're like, hey, dude, you're not going to talk about this, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a fine line between, you know, we're off the record until we're on. And um, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's popped up in a lot of, I mean, a lot of these guys are my friends now, right? And, you know, there's certain situations where it's like, you better not fucking write that. Um, right. but, you know, there's this weird, delicate, song and dance going on um but uh you know where now the narrative game in the media is so important right and when when news gets broken you know a lot of the times it's it's being handed to the reporter who is going to put out the message that is uh you know kindest to people who are breaking the news like i'm trying to bring the truth and you know really tell what's happening behind the scenes and and not really pull punches so it's 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 a line you got to dance on sometimes but it's uh i don't know i feel like i feel like i'm definitely inside the league to, to, to answer your question there's a lot of recency bias going on in major media right now and it's i i don't know if it's just like the clickbait shit or if everybody's in a race to say something profound and prophetic you know what i mean like uh uh, uh everybody five or six days ago uh, maybe seven days ago, whenever before game four, even after Milwaukee had won a game, people were still talking about Giannis's performance and what that means for his legacy and blah, blah, blah. And now people after game five are ready to anoint him as one of the top five power forwards of all time and blah, blah, blah. Like, can we slow the fuck down Yeah, and I, let this series at least finish and then start talking about this man's legacy? Yeah. We had Jesus John Christ. Sally on our show last week, Spider Sally, and he was just like, look, I think the Bucks are better without Giannis and I think they're going to lose. Um, and that was after the game one loss, you know, um, and it was like, whoa, let's let's see what happens here. But it, you're right. If he wins tonight, he is they're going to have a fucking statue of that guy outside of uh, whatever they're calling the Milwaukee Bucks stadium. I serve for him. Yeah. Hey, send me John Sally's contact info. Try yeah, to write right. a second book here. So. By the way, one of the greatest interviews of all time. Yeah, he's hilarious. He will be as honest and open as you could possibly yes. imagine. Doesn't care. Listen, Eddie is one of my favorite movies ever. It's mm. an awful movie, but one of my favorite movies. And John Sally kills it in Eddie, and I will never forget that. He wow. might be a better entertainer than he ever was a basketball player, and he was a pretty fucking good basketball no, player. he's really fucking he's, funny. Yeah, he's super funny. So uh, you're talking about Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg as the coach of the New York Knicks, correct? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to make sure we're clear on that one. I think we need to remake Joanna Man, but with John Sally. Well, they're doing it in the Olympics. You can watch it here in about five <laughs> days. So, uh, it's going to be in the bodybuilding competition. Yeah. We'll find out what happens in that. Shot put. But you can't smoke weed, though, because... No, no. God, for, God forbid. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, shit. Um, I heard, and maybe you can confirm this, you're on the ends. Uh, so I was talking earlier this morning about uh, Kanye dropping a new album on Friday. There is a rumor that in game six tonight, there's going to be a Nike commercial with the girl who smoked weed, and it's going to have Kanye's new song in it. Have you heard anything about that? I haven't, but I will say back, I remember 2013, I think, when Jay's Magna Carta came out, mm-hmm. they took a whole block out during the finals so that would not surprise me yeah uh, that's right i remember that dude shit god damn like two minute commercial or something like that that'll, that seems like fun. it was 80 years ago now doesn't it it does it definitely does i was a little pitcher intern at slam magazine back then and uh now i'm an old decrepit man with a bad back and no bum left knee so well. <laughs> uh speaking of the olympics um we have a, a monsters bet here on set i said that uh, team usa will not win the gold medal this year 
um, because of COVID. And I just don't think they're taking it as seriously uh, as they have been in the past. It feels like it's going to be a weird down year over there. What do you think of Team USA? I think the funniest thing so far has been the clips about them waiting for calls to happen. I mean, that's another thing where the league's in a really bad spot. All these players flopping and playing for the, playing for the whistle now. Like That's something that's going to actually hurt them. And, and we've seen it in the exhibition so far. And these guys are just being slapped together on a roster and, you know, figure it out type of deal. Like, obviously, they're in practice every day and whatnot, but they haven't played together. Like, Australia and Argentina and Spain and Croatia – and, and even Luca's, you know, unit down in Slovenia, they don't, they're not loaded with NBA players, but they've got Goran Dragic. I don't even know if he's playing this year, but th- th- those teams have all been growing together every single offseason. They, they go back to their home country and they play. And I don't think the U.S. can just slap together a bunch of all-stars and somewhat stars anymore and just walk out there. I, I agree with you. There's a real chance that they don't get the gold medal in basketball. Ah, look at that. Um, I've already bet I've already bet against it, so I'm I'm amped about it. But uh great odds. Yeah. Um, and then you know, earlier today the uh the head of the IOC in Tokyo said that they don't even know if they're gonna have the game. He's he still says he might pull the plug. Um I think we're too deep into that now. That it's it's too late. We're just gonna play this out and see what happens. have you heard anything from any of your NBA players? Have not. I think um you know, there. This seems like a thing, just like in all professional sports, where they're going to try to. I mean, there was a chance that there. There was definitely speculation around the league that Game Five was going to get canceled after the Nasus test or whatever the whole situation was. Him and that ref, then you know, a Bucks coach on Oppenheimer. But you know, the show went on. I, I think in the business of sports, just like we saw with the bubble and everything else, they try to they try to get that money flowing. They try to get this thing up and in, in the air and flying and, and raining those checks down so I, I i think the olympics will happen yeah I, i'm with you on that one i think it's i think you've gone too far now almost all the athletes are over there uh it'll be weird if, if it breaks out mid games you know when you're getting into some of these semifinals and finals and a lot of these events uh not yeah. just basketball but track and field as well because then what do you do uh the best of the best aren't going to win but then how do you shit on the people that work their entire lives to get that medal and then, you know, maybe get that Office Depot commercial. Well, I mean, they're taking, you know, we, talk, we mentioned earlier, you know, they're taking people out for smoking a little weed. Like there's, there's, there's no, there's no fairness, I think, with, with, with qualifications to play and all that type of stuff. It's, it's just, it's just kind of like how, how it breaks well for you. And whoever's, whoever's there in the moment is going to have a chance to win it. And they're going to, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think the rules, especially with the IOC and all these governing bodies, like whenever there's an entity and like an agency, just like the NCAA is all fucked up and, and corrupt and they manipulate people. The IOC is the same type of way. Yeah. Uh, those guys don't give a shit. I mean, there's a reason why the world cups in Qatar for Christ's sake. Nope. Um, nope. But you know, people, I, people are dying building those stadiums over there. Then they should. The stadiums are more important than lives. Uh, <laughs> I, I, we've said that a thousand times on this show, you know, if you have a beautiful stadium, people will pay a lot of money for years and years and years. You got to break a couple eggs, dude. If people die, they die. Um, <laughs> but then you, because it's like our great grandparents, where you go back and you're like, oh man, there's the Veranzano Bridge. My grandfather died on that bridge trying to build it, and he made a nickel an hour or whatever it was. You know what I'm saying? You know those stories. I do. I was worried of how far grandparents we were going here, but I'll, t- I'll, oh I'll settle for that. I uh, stopped just shy of Holocaust, okay? Um, so you're welcome for that. I could see the look in your eyes, and you were like, man, I hope he doesn't go there. 
I hope he doesn't say the Holocaust. I don't want to talk about Anne Frank today. And I knew you didn't, so I avoided it and uh, just kind of tabled it on my own. Flip yeah. it over, flip yeah. over to his screen because this laughter here is just going to – now I'm just – I'm going all in now. I'm going all in. Where's yeah, your little, my, where's your little shoes at in the closet behind you? Yeah, my specialty is 2013 to 2021 NBA. Not, <laughs> uh, not World War II history. Not the third, right? Um, <laughs> speaking of which, all right, so what's the craziest shit you've seen covering the NBA that you can actually talk about? There's a crazy story in the book, actually, that, um, you know, everyone who's been to Vegas knows there's thousands of restaurants on the strip, right? Mm. All those hotels, they got their Hooters, they got their whatever, you got the uh, Taco Bell Cantina right in the middle. Um, but, you know, if you remember back when Michael Malone was the coach of the Sacramento Kings, the Kings were like kind of good for a bit, right? And I know the Kings aren't that sexy, so I apologize that we're going there. But it's fine. Chris Webber, Vlade Divac, and those guys—that that, that yeah, year, exactly. Yeah. The boogie years, like it was always supposed to be. Boogie's going to be the All Star to bring the Kings back to glory. Michael Malone was the coach, and there's all these rumors that they're going to fire Michael Malone for George Carr, which they obviously did, right? Mm-hmm. Six months before that happened, at summer league in Vegas, at one of these thousands of restaurants on the Strip. As the Kings coaching staff is walking out uh, of the restaurant, who walks in at the same time? But Vivek Ranadive with George Carl and at the time senior advisor Chris Mullen. Like they literally walked in with the new girlfriend in front of their current girlfriend's face and said, like, basically, we're not dating her. Don't worry. And then they broke up with Michael Malone six months later and started dating the new girl. So that's kind of savagery that happens behind the scenes in the league all the time. Executives fire coaches to save their own job. You know, I remember a couple of years ago, there's like agents who represent these coaches, right? They Mm -hmm. like will go to coaches and say, come sign with me because I can get you this job in this town and player agents are trying to steal clients from other guys it's just a cutthroat doggy dog business that money rules everything and your power and legacy is more important a lot of times for a lot of these people than the actual just like winning games it's pretty fucking nuts yeah and a lot of people go to vegas for the off season because isn't the uh what the the development yeah. yeah the summer league is there and you're right they're all at the same restaurants like shit they're Joe Stone Crab. They're at uh, Mastro's. We ran into them at, uh, what, what's that? God damn it. It's the restaurant near all those shops where the Christian Louis Vuitton is, but it's, that has that spiral staircase and it's kind of exposed on the second floor. Yeah, yeah, Mastro's. Is that Mastro's? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Chandelier bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. there, yeah there's the yeah. chandelier yeah. bar. If you're, if you're going to Summer League as a fan and you want to see NBA people out in the wild, go to the Cosmo. Everyone's gambling there, mm. for sure. The Chandelier Bar. Yep. I, I saw Vince Carter there one time with, like, eight women. The Chandelier Bar at the Cosmo is definitely a scene if you want to see NBA people during Summer League. Where do they play the Summer League games? It's not a T-Mobile. It used to be at Thomas & Mack. Oh, yeah, probably yeah, still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's at Thomas & Mack, and then you walk across the concourse, and there's this, like, smaller thing called Cox Pavilion. It's kind of like an AAU tournament mm. vibe, but with, like, million-dollar people. It's pretty nuts. Yeah, it is. And uh, when you when you go there, it's it's, man, it's hard to describe because you can just see, like, a seven-foot dude walking through the casino, and you're like, oh, all right. Well, you're obviously here for the fucking league, and then yeah. one or yeah. two famous people behind them. And well, it was weird to see all of those folks. Uh, so we were we went to the big three thing, uh, their media day. Yeah. What was that two weeks ago? And yeah, um, 
I didn't expect it to be where it was, I guess. It was at the Orleans Hotel in some fucking, like, a back part of that, and they just set up a basketball court on the mm-hmm. second floor back there. Yeah, yeah. Like, all right, that seems kind of weird for Ice Cube. It you know is. But it but, works. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just wanted for media day to keep it off the beaten path because one of the other practice facilities, there were two practice facilities where they were getting pictures and shit, mm-hmm. and I think the other one was at some high school or some shit. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So they clearly weren't trying to blow this out and make it a big event. I don't think anybody knew what was going on. But uh, COVID kind of just ended there. Now it's like <clears> restarting there. So I don't know if that was part of it because Homegirl was walking us around with masks on. And stuff, when I so. asked uh, people inside the Orleans Casino where – the fucking big three event was they looked at me like i was insane so clearly it wasn't they had they didn't like publicize anything they're like what, what's a big three i'm like jesus christ yeah no kidding I, me? I, went to, I went to a big three not to interrupt you i went no. to a big three media day in new york back then and um when it was first starting up and you could tell half the guys there were just trying to, to soak up their last couple minutes of, of fame you know oh yeah like, a lot of those dudes were out of shape Alan Iverson showed up. He was like on the marquee. He showed up there for like literally five minutes, two hours late, and then left. Like <laughs> Dr. J was there for ten minutes and was like, "I don't want to talk to any people." It's the big three is, is seems like a big money grab for sure. <laughs> I, you know, I will say this: I think they're taking it more seriously now because there is some money involved and everything else. Um, and the games, look, we watched the games. There were either last year or the year before they were pretty dope once it got towards the end and you were like oh shit all right they look like they're really playing um t- the same thing happened with us uh, delco dan here uh, one of our producers he got to meet uh dr j aka the last time the process worked and um <laughs> got a photo with him which was a nice thing one of the things he wanted me to ask you today was um yeah. why are so many referees from delco it seems <laughs> to be the breeding this ground um, you know, ESPN did this really in-depth story a couple years back about the Tim Donahue stuff. And yeah, when I was reading it, the biggest takeaway I had was that all these dudes are from Delco. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, um, Joey Crawford's from the Philly area. Yeah, it or seems, a, it seems a little organized crimey, doesn't it? Yeah. Or just it a bunch does. of dudes. It from, definitely does. I don't know what it is. I mean, the NBA is like a fraternity and basketball too. Like mm. there's very... There's very few people, not to like pat myself on the back here, just like when you're around it this long, there's very few people that if you're in the NBA ecosystem, you're not like one phone call away from. Like it kind of makes sense that that's some like one subsect of the league and like one guy moved up. Joey Crawford, I think, was like the oldest patriarch of that whole crew for a while. And like maybe he's just holding his hand down and propping up people and bringing them up next. I don't know. But it is weird. I don't know why, but it is definitely a, a definite thing, and it is a weird, absolute phenomenon. For I, sure. it Speaking is. of referees, since we're on this, uh, maybe this is just me being uh, contrarian or anti-authority in general, but why the fuck? And I, I say this about baseball umpires all the time. Why the fuck should you get penalized for yelling at a referee ever? Fuck the goddamn referee. <laughs> why? Who gives a fuck? We shouldn't even know these people's names. No. I agree. Why the fuck would we? They're, you're not part of the fucking game. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, can, you can get teed up because a guy's yelling at you. Or you're, you're yelling at the referee. Fuck the referee. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. I'd love if we didn't know who Scott Foster was. Or, yeah. Well, or Jordan Crawford. They're, they're, they, want, they, they're, they agree with you. They want these guys to be pinstripes walking up and down. They don't want them to be people at all. They don't want fans. So to why, why is the NBA allowing these referees to tee people up and kick people out of games for giving them attitude? That should never. Like if you get if it's a flagrant foul or, or flagrant two, yeah, get them out. Whatever the fuck. I don't care about that. But if you get 
teed up for arguing in the first and fourth quarters and now you're out of the game, fuck that referee. Yeah. Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? Yeah. The flip side is, is it fun to watch Luca when he misses a shot just berate the ref while he walks down the other side of the court? Like, I don't... If you're the other team, yeah, because, I mean, he's yeah, going to get scored true. on on the other side. Fuck him. You, there are consequences to pay for fucking talking shit to the refs that don't include getting kicked out of the game, and nor should they include that. We, we, Bryce Harper went through this shit, was it 2016, I think? Yeah. That ref kicked him out of one of those games, or the umpire kicked him out of a game. He's like, dude, yeah. nobody fucking came here to see you. Yeah. Like, that, that's, that's a fucking arrogant thing to say, but it is also accurate. I think uh, if you're going to call a flagrant sue, it should involve rape. Like, I want it that far where it's just like, all right, great. Um, you did something really fucked up. Like a, uh, Gilbert Reed is pulling a gun out on somebody? Yeah, dude. Or... Like, even that, if he doesn't fire, I'd give that a flagrant one. Yeah. If he takes a shot. If he just points it at somebody. Yeah. That's that, then fine, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm abstaining from this part of the conversation yeah. as well. Oh, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. This is the place where careers really uh, come to die. So, uh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, I'm glad that COVID had it the uh, in the pitch to come on. For real though, uh, fuck referees, <laughs> fuck umpires. Do you know them in real life? Do you know any of these referees? I don't know any of the refs at all. Okay. Joey Crawford. Uh, Every summer I see him at Vegas, always like knows me somehow from this like Philly connection, but that's not real. That's and he's done now. He's out. So he's done. But there, hey, there was a weird stat somebody brought up this morning right before we went on air. Who, who's the referee? Who's uh, Scott Foster? Yeah, d- say, say say that what it is. What the the stat is? I think I heard something like the last ten games he's officiated before Chris Paul. Chris Paul's lost all ten. Yeah, yeah. have you heard that? Like that? It's, I mean, it's a fact. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. They, they were talking about it all throughout the Western Conference Finals, too. Every game that they lost that series was when Scott Foster was refing. Well, he's refing tonight. <laughs> and you're yeah. still taking the Suns. I'm still taking We're going to buck the trends, pun intended. Yeah. And we're going to win this game for sure. Okay. Okay. I don't like puns either. Yeah. Puns, I do. referees, umpires. Yeah. I like it all. No. Uh, oh. Seriously. Some some professional athlete that people paid a hundred bucks to come see gets kicked out because this man's feelings are hurt. Yeah, that someone's yelling, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> God damn it, man! I'm all in. Fi- I hate the idea of having electronic refs because I think that missing calls plays into the game a little bit. It's part like the. It's not just about who's best. It's about the fucking game. Let it play out and see what happens. Right. I want to see more aggressive style of play, and like I want to see some hard fouls and things like that. Even with that uh, Giannis dunk the other night, Chris Paul should have just chucked that fucker to the floor, but uh, he didn't. Yeah, um, maybe because he, he had State Farm. But um, even in the NFL, yeah, like you got to get penalized for for uh, uh, taunting. Why? I don't know. Isn't that yeah, the whole the fucking point? Stuff is ridiculous. Isn't that yeah. the point of sports? Like we, so we have private Facebook groups. Uh, for our for our various sports channels, one main one, I think there's like ten thousand people in there, yeah. and uh, comments get flagged, reported, and deleted not by anybody in the group, but by Facebook itself all the time because it's harassment. No, we're calling each other assholes because it's sports and it's fun to talk shit. Yeah, that's like one of the major purposes of sports is for dudes to talk shit to each other. Yeah, and you're not allowing the people that are in the game to talk shit to each other. That should be, you should be fucking micing these guys up. I agree. 
I agree. Jesus Christ. That, that's uh, MLB All-Star game because, uh, you know, Freeman and all those guys were yeah. mic'd up. It, it was a blast. Freddie Freeman should always be mic'd up. Always. Uh, to, the, 29th, or the, the 2020 fucking spring training where they had it mic'd up before COVID canceled everything yeah. uh, was some of the best entertainment I've seen in baseball in years. It was awesome. Let me ask you this because you, you know all these guys. If you did mic them up, how crazy Dude. does it get on the floor? Like, how deep do they go into to shit-talking in people's, like, personal lives? <laughs> Kevin Garnett used to do some, yeah. like, psychological warfare on dudes. I think Draymond <laughs> Green is up there for sure. I mean, a lot of guys don't talk because they don't want – like, you don't want to talk to Kevin Durant, for example, right, and this have him go off on it. Like, there's a yeah. story – I don't think it made it in the book, but Deontay Christmas, that name rings a bell to you guys, he was, mm-hmm. like, the 15th man on Phoenix one year. There's a story I know where they're at Miami and they're like doing okay. They're like keeping up with LeBron and co. But then in the second half, Deontay Christmas on the bench just starts talking shit to LeBron. Like his shot's off. This thing's broke, whatever, whatever. LeBron then like comes down the court every single play, staring down Deontay Christmas on that left block while Christmas is on the bench. And he's backing down somebody and hitting fadeaways. Like you don't want to poke the bear, you know? So a lot of guys actually don't really talk that much because they don't want to you know incite their opponent but the dudes who can fucking ball and don't care who's out there like they're talking shit left and a lot of them get off on it like that's what kobe did yeah kobe wanted to beat you and make you feel awful about it afterwards which is i think why so many people love i I love him he's my favorite player for that exact reason wasn't it lance stevenson that would like blow in lebron's ear when he was trying to yeah that that shit is fucking funny it's awesome man A.R. Smith used to untie dude's shoes when oh, yeah. he was standing at the free throw line. Oh, yeah. Do you, hey, do you have any good Kobe stories, by the way? Um, For me, like my personal interactions with him. Uh, or, or just, or like just being courtside for a lot of this stuff because, let's face it, um, you know, I, I lived in Los Angeles for years. Getting a courtside ticket for a Lakers game is goddamn impossible, um, yeah. and, you know, unless you have press passes and things like that. Did you ever hear or see anything crazy out of Kobe, like when he was playing? Not me personally, but I, I do know from talking to a lot of people who were there that 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 soft Charmin practice, that famous practice where he's yelling at everyone, you know, you're soft Charmin. So apparently they had before that happened, you know, that was when the media all came into the practice. Before that happened, there was like a, a first half of that scrimmage, if you will, and they all huddled up afterwards. And Kobe was going at Jeremy Lin and Nick Young and a couple other players. He's calling them fucking pussies. You're all fucking pussies. <laughs> And this one player, I forget, I'm blanking his name off the top of my head, was like, I ain't no pussy. And then they, like, broke. And that's when the rest of the media came in. And we started seeing the softest charm. We're all softest charm in this motherfucker. It was incited by that little huddle right beforehand when he started challenging all those guys. And then someone else came back at Kobe. That's was that's that, the real story behind that. That's really funny. Oh, is that Smush damn, Parker? Man. Yeah, was it Smush Parker? Smush Parker. It was like some guy who's not even in the league and it, but smooth like smooth like Smush Parker, but I forget his name. Uh, I'm sorry to be failing you here, but this is my, uh, I don't know. The book came out like three months ago. So at this yeah, point, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, look, Jake, you've been on a bunch of podcasts. You know, we got some sponsors that put this on the air. Come on, dude. We're our own rich Pauls here. My man, uh, flame and Joe is back. CBD. Flamin' Joe is back. I repeat, the Flamin' Joe is back. I know they were sold out for a while. Uh, Joe Rogan's specialty flavor of CBD at Killcliff CBD uh, is back in stock uh, at killcliff.com. Jalapeno 
and pineapple. Who would have known that combo would have gone together? Other than Joe Rogan, dude. That guy's just printing money, Dan. Yeah, if you uh, eat enough elk, smoke enough DMT, you'll figure out some new flavors. <laughs> it may it's seem so, to not make sense, know. but, you know, in the end, and, and, and Kilcliffe just signed... Uh, the largest CBD distribution deal in the history of this country. Crazy. You can dude. go look on their Instagram today and yeah. see the, the link for it. It's amazing. It's, and, and it's, it's nuts. a company that started small. I mean, we, it, it traces its roots back to the same place as drinker bros back in the day. Fucking they did range, range 15. 15 dude, dude, yeah. They were fucking a, actually not just a sponsor, but an integral part of the plot of the fucking movie. Yeah. And yeah. now all of a sudden they're going to be the largest distributor of CBD in the country. Basically, it's crazy. Man. It's, I, it is wild. They, look, they've fucking earned it, man. I, I'll, I, look, I've said this a thousand times. I'll say it a, a thousand more, man. Their fucking CBD in a can, dude, is the best I've had. I mix that shit every night, or I'll just drink a can before bed because I like a little CBD to go nai-nai with. And uh, they've got a, they, not, not only the Flaming Joe, they got the Mango Tango, Orange Crush. They got the Goat, which is my favorite, uh, the Grape one, Strawberry Days. And, uh, and you can also order the variety packs. So let's say you just want to try all of them. Best bet is the variety pack. That's what my dad did. And then he picked out his favorite flavors and started getting those shipped to, to his own house. 20 calories per can. There is no THC in any of their products, dude. So you will not piss hot on a drug test. Don't fucking trust your life in the hands of some fucking weird pawn shop down the street or head shop or wherever you're getting CBD or at the front of a gas station. You don't know what the fuck is in that. You do it, Killcliff. So go to killcliff.com today. Use the promo code Drinking Bros for 30% off. Again, go to killcliff.com. Use the promo code Drinking Bros for 30% off. That is K I L L C L I F F.com. Use the promo code Drinking Bros and take advantage of this 30% off offer. It is a huge, huge savings, and you'll be hooked on this shit the same way we are. Uh, next up, D'Anthony, we got mybookie.com. Promo code Drinking Bros will get you your money. I'm actually making bets right now. Back, I know I am too. I keep scrolling at the goddamn screen, dude. I'm just, I've never sat out a game. I sat out last game. Um, and now I'm, I'm getting back in. I don't like doing it. I feel like watching a game without betting on it um, is like watching Cinemax back in the day when you have all this porn in front of you. It looks like people are just moving uh, uh, heavy furniture from the waist down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you just see from the waist up and it's like, oh, God. You're like, <laughs> I don't think you're doing that right. Uh, but my bookie does it right. Yeah, I, it, It's do. good to have skin in the game for sure. It is, man. I've got to have a little juice, especially this might be the last game of the people year. People think you're like a degenerate because you're at a child's birthday party and all of a sudden you're rolling dice in the corner. Like, nah, these kids are fucking boring, man. Yes. Yes. I got to gamble on whether or not they're going to survive their seventh birthday. Got to have something on it tonight. I'm going to go with a lot of these prop bets on this uh, Bucks game tonight. All of them are up. There is over 50. There's a bunch. There's way more than that. There's, there's probably. I was on it If yesterday. I had to guess, I would say if you do all of the, uh, the prop bets individually and then add in all of the pre-designed uh, parlays that they have, like the plus 1,000, like plus two to five, oh, yeah, 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 plus yeah. five or greater. I think it, I think that's how they distribute them. There's got to be like three or four hundred different bets you can make just on this one game. Oh yeah, I, so I'm all in. Get tonight. in on it. Yeah, don't you don't want to be the one asshole that doesn't bet something on one of these parts? Go throw ten bucks on like three or four different wild ass parlays and have fun tonight. Yeah, dude. And it's mybookie.com promo code Drinking Bros will get you your deposit back up to a thousand dollars. And as always, I post all my bets in Drinking Bros Sports. There's our private Facebook group, so that way it's not bullshit. Like you're gonna see what I bet. 
two hours before every fucking game. So either I'm going to win or I'm going to fucking lose tonight. But uh, I'm going with, I've said this many times in the last couple of days. I'm going with Dan's props here tonight. That's where, that's where my money is. Don't know about that minus five tonight. But uh, I love all the props on mybookie.com. Promo code Drinking Bros will get you up to $1,000 back on your deposit. Last but not least, ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. I'll be watching it from the fucking ghost bed yeah. uh, tonight. I can tell you that. I get that adjustable base. I pop that up at about a, a little 60-degree angle and get weird, dude. Uh, big fan of their mattresses, their sheets, their pillows, their adjustable bases. All of the products they have there, including those brand-new those uh, pillow toppers, dude. People are getting those mm. things, and they're like, yo, what the fuck, man? And I'm like, that is a, a level that I have not joined yet, uh, but I will. They've always got something cool uh, as, as far as your, your betting space goes at, uh, at my or at uh, fucking ghostbed.com forward slash Stringer Bros. I said betting, B-E-D-D-I-N-G, and then that got me into the my book. Either way, I'm betting on the fucking games on my bookie tonight, and I'm, I'm watching it from the fucking ghost bed. So it's combined. I'll be drinking Kilcliff CBD in the goddamn bed, too, as well. That's a true story tonight. Kids, uh, zero down, zero interest, three years if you have decent credit there. So you can you can buy the mattress set of your dreams and walk out of there with uh, probably about 35 bucks a month if you have decent credit. Uh, don't come at me if you, if you have one of these parlay credits where it's like, oh, yeah, I've got a plus 500. Nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros today and take advantage of these deals. Thank you, Jake. There's so many fucking Kobe stories that it's, uh, I just, I wish there was somebody wrote a book about all of those things and just put them in there where it was like, Hey, but I, he didn't give that kind of access to people. And then neither did, uh, Jordan, you know, even with the last dance doc, uh, that was what, 20 years. There was nothing new in the last, in the last dance doc. Oh, for real? No, I'm saying like we were promised all these hours of hidden footage. I think the only new shit we saw was him playing quarters with the Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. I wanted all this practice footage, all the mic'd up stuff you guys are talking about. We didn't really get anything. I was so disappointed. Wow, you're the first person ever that that has said that. It's like hating Shawshank Redemption for Christ's sakes. Um, um, that I do have, I do have a LeBron behind the scenes story. If that is interesting, fuck you yeah, it is because we hate him here. I don't know if you love him, but uh, I like watching him play basketball. I don't like the person that he is. His uh, Rotten Tomato score for Space Jam is thirty one percent. Right, that's now. probably a lot of hate to be uh, honest. Yeah. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a, a a blockbuster hit, let's say. But um, yeah. no, I, I remember when LeBron was in Miami. This was a long time ago. Obviously, I was in Boston in school. I had my little press pass around my neck as like a twenty year old kid. And LeBron was hurt that night, so he was speaking pregame at his locker. And that's when, like, you know, 50 people would surround his locker, right? So I was just walking around. I talked to Dwayne Wade and Greg Oden and Ray Allen, like all these guys one-on-one. Everyone was talking to LeBron. I'm doing my thing, like, not really looking behind me. And all of a sudden, I feel this, like, giant shadow bump into my back. And I look up, and it's LeBron, and he's eating uh, Eminem McFlurry from McDonald's. And for the life of me, I have no idea why I said this, but I was like, oh, man, it's like all about Oreo McFlurries, man. What are you doing? And he goes, I know they were out of Oreo. So that's my one LeBron one on one. Fucking Mc- that's not even a LeBron story. That's a McDonald's can't get their ice cream shit fucking together. Yeah. story. What the, is wrong? <laughs> this is the biggest restaurant in the history of America or any country ever. Yep. Right. Yep. It's one of the big largest businesses, certainly with global reach. And they can't figure out ice cream. Yeah. 
I'm gonna look. Every time you go there, the fucking ice cream machine is is broken. I've taken my children there. They've cried in the back seats. Um, but I, I want to get deeper into some LeBron shit because I know you fucking know, dude. I'm gonna tell you what I know. Okay. Uh, We're gonna go onesie twosies here. Dan's on mushrooms. We're having a day. Could be the last day of the NBA. Your girlfriend's gonna be super amped tomorrow morning. Let's get deep into some shit here. Le- the LeBron stories that I've heard are always about the LeBron tourage um, and how he has to travel with fucking 13 of his buddies. They all have to have hotels, uh, sometimes a different plane for these fucking assholes and everything else. Um, and that's the Cavaliers owner just got sick of it at a certain point. The Heat owner got sick of it at a certain point. And multiple times, GMs from, from the 90 clubs that he's played for now have sat down and been like, dude, can you knock it the fuck off with all this shit? And he's just like, no, dude, I travel with who I travel with, and you're gonna, you guys are going to have to deal with it. Is, is that true? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Randy Mims works for every single t- has worked for every team that LeBron has played for, right? And Damon Jones was like a Cavs assistant coach for a while, even though he like kind of just hung out and did nothing. <laughs> um, I, I, I think, I mean, it's just kind of where the league's at right now. Like the Nets have like a private jet that they just like fly around Kyrie and KD's families on when they want to. Like the NBA is at this point where the players are really controlling everything and the teams that are willing to do it, they bend over backwards to give these guys everything they want. Like I've heard LeBron has his own massage therapist that comes in to work on him. That's like not with the team, but like stuff like, like every little level, he kind of gets to operate as he wants to because he's LeBron. And I, I think it's it's kind of permeated throughout the whole league. He's just kind of set this tone, and now everyone's kind of doing it. Now, is that the death uh, then of, of dominant franchises? Are we going to see a three-, four-year run, five-, six-year run from somebody again with multiple championships if the people on the ground are running the show on a day-to-day basis, not, not the general manager and certainly not the fucking coach, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, we've never seen long-term success. LeBron James should have a, a lot more titles than he does right now. I understand that he ha- didn't have help for a while. I understand this and that. The Warriors were great for a while and so on and so forth. But Phil Jackson figured it out yeah. in a time where people played pretty tough fucking basketball. Look, nobody else had Michael goddamn Jordan, obviously, but he was able to make all these personalities work together for a long period of time because he, for a lot of reasons, one, he was really great at his job. But two, I think being divorced from the day-to-day interaction between the players mm-hmm. is probably part of that because you don't take. There's no side to being taken at that point. You're everybody knows that you're just trying to win games. <coughs> Nobody thinks you're favoring this guy or that guy. If a guy is on the floor, if you're a player coach, that's gotta that that makes to me the idea of a dynasty becomes impossible at that point. Yeah, it's it seems strange, and you know, in LeBron's case, uh, now that the like Dan said, the NBA players seem to be running the league. He was able to bring in just his fucking buddy, who's now the biggest sports agent in, 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 the, in the NBA. He's able to make these trades happen. Like that AD trade was bullshit. He forced him out of uh, New Orleans, got him over to play with LeBron, and then coupled that with a movie, speaking of Space Jam. Because now you're able to, when you, for real, when you own an entertainment company, yeah. I just saw that they got a cash raise of 750 for that entertainment company. Well, forget about AD and Space Jam. Who was the player that they were, the, that was, who was the most hyped player in that movie outside of LeBron? I have no idea. That's a great question. Was it? I don't even know who's in the movie. Was it was it Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, yeah. Oh, Damian Lillard, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. He was wearing, his character was basically wearing a purple and gold jersey. Yeah. Like LeBron has done 
from what I've heard behind the seat, he's done everything. He, he's drafted Dame year after year after year in his all-star team. Like he, like these guys are pulling all the moves they can to try to allure the guy they want to come play with them. Uh, is there a shot that he goes to the Lakers? No way. As I, mean, in, they, I don't think he would. They can't make it happen by trade, but they just don't have – the Lakers don't have the assets to do it. But I, I think LeBron's done everything he can. To, I mean, mm. the only way – the only way they can get Damian Lillard is that they include Anthony Davis in the trade. That's the only way. They're not going to do that. No, definitely not. But I, I don't think that I don't think Dame would do it anyways. To be honest, I don't know, man. Don't, he's in. He is. He is a very, very deeply rooted Oakland personality, right? I don't think he would do it. How old is he? How uh, old is Dame Lillard? Twenty nine, I think. Around thirty. Yeah. Fuck, dude. This is it. I mean, th- these next three to four years, that's his time to get a title. You got to start mm. thinking about it's it 31. at least, man. Yeah. Um, Next three to four years at large, I think, to go back to what we're saying, they're going to decide how this this superstar player movement type era mm. really lasts. Like right now, it feels like Pandora's box has been open, and the players have all the power. But like you guys were saying, like if the if the team like the Bucks, who yeah, they made this big splashy move to get Drew, but they've kind of built that organically. Same with Phoenix, like they mm. traded for Chris Paul, but they drafted a lot of those you know pieces and slowly added to it. Like if if it's not so and and like the Rockets, you know, we saw with James Harden, like the second they lose him, they just become like nothing. But you know that that's to say that that can happen to any team. If if you're adding these guys so quickly, you can lose them that quickly too. So. Right. If we do see teams like the Bucks and Phoenix and other teams that were more slowly built, maybe like Atlanta, actually have real staying power, mm-hmm. you know, look what happened with the Lakers and AD this year. When, when you're so top heavy, and and you you know these three guys take up eighty percent of your cap, it increases your margin for error. So maybe there will be a trend to switch back at a certain point. I, at this point, I don't see it happening, but maybe we'll get there in a couple mm-hmm. of years. What do you think the possibility is that uh... – Wigan and Dame Lillard switch places because I mean that that's a good deal for Portland too because they're taking two years off of a contract for a guy that clearly doesn't want to be there anymore you know what I mean it's almost like the fucking Aaron Rodgers situation if you had that option to trade him now without taking the huge cap hit I think Green Bay would have done it already do you do you think you have to throw in Wiseman in that deal maybe definitely definitely I I, I think Dame is going to stick around for at least the first couple months of this season that's kind of the word around Mm. the league right now um but you know by the trade deadline there's a real possibility that he moves, but right now, Knicks fans, Sixers fans, Lakers fans, whoever's photoshopping Dame into your team's dirt <laughs> right now, like take take a deep breath. It's it's not going to happen anytime soon, but maybe come 2022, it'll it'll actually be a possibility. Mm. Uh, since you brought up James Harden a second ago, um, I want to ask you about his Hoopers comments um, that has been going around the internet. Fucking a, dude. I, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> Kind of so there are guys who just like play and you can put them on any court. They're getting buckets on that court. Yep. And those guys who care about being able to just get a bucket anywhere, those are the guys who ascribe to that knowledge. But someone like myself who like can kind of play a little bit and played like pretty decent in high school and I like, could have played D three, like I'm not even remotely on like they don't even think I played the sport of basketball you know what I mean kind of like super uh observant orthodox Jews like don't think people below them are actually Jewish people in the same right too like it's that type of thing like unless you're here you're nothing and a lot of these NBA players uh mindsets like they just think you you suck if you don't actually go out on any single court and get buckets no matter where you are when and who you're playing with 
Yeah, but championships means the most out of it. Because I saw Tim Duncan was on that list of his. Does and, it? Uh, yes. At the end of the day, if you're looking back at a whole career, right? I, like, to me, I, I love Dame Lillard. I think he's awesome. And he's one of the funnest players to watch. However, to me, he's been invisible in Portland until the playoffs. Because that's when everybody starts tuning in. And it's just like, eh, I'll watch the late game, I guess. Uh, yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit, Dame Lillard's really fucking good. Um, yeah, up 55 on Denver. Yeah. Oh. But, but until, because it's like the Pac-12, like in, you know, in college football, the games are on later, therefore East Coast, Midwest, they don't really get to see him. And then he gets to the playoffs and then you start to see him and you're like, oh, fuck, that guy's really good. But with Dame Lillard, if he doesn't win a title, I don't really know what to think of Dame Lillard. He was a good player, um, but he's not a flashy enough personality like Charles Barkley, where it carries over into the booth or something else. There is a lot of those guys, though, um, who were great players but never win championships. And you're like, all right, well, it's hard moving on. Yeah. It's, it's hard to win. I think, in, I think the NBA might be the hardest place to win a championship, to be honest. Uh, because, well, first of all, eight teams from each league get into the fucking playoffs each year. So you're, it doesn't matter where you start from. That's, yeah. you're, you're, you have to win four fucking series just to win the goddamn thing. And like right? he was saying with the cap, when you're so top-heavy on one of those guys, if one of them yeah. goes down... Like on you know the Nets this year or on uh, Golden State in nineteen yeah yeah dude. they lost two they lost two fucking guys that are fucking Hall of Famers for sure Durant right? still almost pulled that off by the way yeah but uh, yeah. well I mean uh, yeah it was yeah. Uh, it, yeah. He, he's an incredible player I think Durant is the best player in the NBA to be honest I I agree and he he's come back from this Achilles I don't know why playing the Olympics though with risking yeah. that now after a short turnaround like that on the season seems strange. I'm with you on the Olympics thing this year, too. I, I thought it would have been awesome for all those guys to, to step out and, and let younger dudes yeah. get a shot. But, yeah, KD, I think I think he's got the respect of pretty much everybody being, like, I think he's the – if you, if you inject a true serum into every player, coach, agent, executive, whatever right now, I think he'd be the, just the general consensus top player in the league. Well, I look, think, yeah, I think he might be – I think he's in the uh, he could be in the argument for the best player of all time to be honest because he's like six foot eleven and shoots that way. Right. The problem is that he never the thing for me personally that sets these other dudes apart. So uh, Kobe and Jordan, for example, I think are the two best players in NBA history, and it has something to do with their performance on the court for sure. Uh, it, but but the drive, yeah, right? Yeah. And the drive is what made them great two-way players. These are two guys that you that are so great offensively that even if they didn't play defense, they would be top 10 players. That's how great they were, but they did play defense because they wanted to win more than anything else. I don't know that I get that out of KD. He played a couple of good years of super really active defense with uh, with Golden State, and maybe that's just because Draymond was yelling at him the whole time. Right. But you, don't, you haven't seen that for the rest of his career. He's bookended by bad defense. And there's no reason for that because he is a fucking excellent defender. Yeah, and he's also got a, a wild bald spot that's popped up. Why doesn't he shave his head? Did you ever ask him that? <laughs> I have not asked him that, but I think it is super fascinating that him and LeBron both have these these curious hairlines. It's, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. Well, we, I can answer the LeBron one if you want to know that one. Yeah. Uh, that hair follicle transplant. You know that scar that's on the, the huge scar that just magically showed up on the back of his head that day? And you yeah. were like, oh, man, I bumped into that camera on the floor on the thing, and that's what that scar's from. It's not. They take a straight line on the back of your head and remove the, the hair follicles, and they put them on the front. Oh now, you're yeah. supposed to grow out your hair to cover up the scar. If you don't, oh, man. can you, you see the scar full LeBron time? should grow a fucking mullet then. I, dude. That would be hilarious. be awesome. Just Why, can, we bring back, back. can we bring back the black mullet? A lot of NFL players had it in the 80s. 
Like yeah. they had the three lines shaved and the fucking black mullet. That yeah. was, it looked great. Look amazing on God him, damn it. Can we it. start bringing some fucking style back to sports? I'm tired of seeing Travis Kelsey show up and these weird ass pants that aren't, they're not bell bottoms. They're this big all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck is that? It's very he dre- I think I honestly think that he's trolling people by the way he dresses. He is. But some of these other guys, like uh, Russell Westbrook is known as a fashion guy. He looks like a fucking uh, lunatic to me. Like, what are you wearing, <laughs> dude? You're rich and you're still doing that shit? Get some normal fucking clothes. Although I'm, rich, I'm advocating for a mullet, so I don't know if I'm really... Maybe. I don't well, know if I'm... When you're rich, you can wear whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, that's right? true. It's that true. true. Uh, so speaking of uh, the NBA, we've been talking about the NBA, right? Yeah. Let's get back to it before we close out here. I want to know, from your perspective, before we get to who might uh, win and why tonight, the Suns had a bad game in game three for sure. Like everybody pretty much had a bad game, but games four and five, they didn't. They sh- they're shooting like over 40% from three in both of those games, over 50% uh, uh, from, from the field. Well, I guess 30% from three in the last one, but those games were close. Why did they lose with, the, with those performances from those players? I mean, Chris Paul had like 11 assists in game four. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they can't just boil it down to one thing, right? I think it's mm. like a bunch of different factors. I think – um, the shooting has been inconsistent at times. Like you see the Suns get really hot and then they go really cold and then they get really like, like they were up 16 at one point in the second quarter of game five. And then they fell down by 16 and mm. they stormed back down the stretch. And Chris Paul hits that ridiculous three. Mm. Devin Booker hit that you know, fall away from the, from the wing. Like, I think they, I think they just are, are streaky a little bit. And also, you know, the, the, the cross matchups in the second units have also been pretty interesting to me. That's like a little wonky, nerdy answer for you. But I think like when Tory Craig goes off the bench and he's hitting 40%, the Suns look a lot better. Same with Phoenix, mm. same with uh, Milwaukee when Pat Conton's grilling shots. Like a lot of times when a series goes seven games, like when that when one guy just gets hot, that can swing a game for you. So I think it's, I think both teams are so heavily based on the three point shot that the ebbs and flows of that performance from the role players that tends to kind of swing some things sometimes. Yeah. Look, it's minus five tonight. Uh, again, my play I'm with Dan uh, tonight on this one. My play is Giannis scoring 30 and the bucks win. Well, I, th- I honestly think that the, I think the Suns are what, what, Kendrick Person was talking about this the other day. It happens all the time. Fucking uh, uh, teams go road win, road win, road win to close mm. out series like this. Or he's road win, road win, and then game seven's game seven. Who knows what's going to happen? I think there's a good chance Phoenix will win tonight. I think the smart betting money is that Giannis parlay. Right. And that's what I'm going to do. Look, Devin Booker's had right. back-to-back 40-plus point games in losses. So I, I don't know what you'd have to pull off tonight in game six in front of that crowd. It's going to be nuts. Uh, are you you're in the camp though that for real? Like, do you think the Suns are going to win tonight? I do. Yeah. I mean, I I, I was rooting for the Suns to win it in five when they were up two well for my personal uh, vendetta against the league continuing on this season. But now that we're here, let's get it to be seven games. Why not? When you say yeah. the league continuing on the season, what do you mean? Like I'm ready for a vacation. Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's been a. It's. Are, are we going to see a normal? return this year is it going to be late october or early october when we start seeing games and then you know moving into the regular yeah. season in late october is it going to be normal this yeah year? how's that going to work out yeah they're getting the calendar back as normal as possible which you know will again be another shortened off season so but I, I wonder by a month this time right instead of multiple months so it's yeah still, yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be a little bit of time 
it'll be that you know a month and a half off and then teams will kind of regroup at the end of september stuff mm-hmm. but yeah it's 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 coming back the league definitely you know they have their dates they've got their christmas day games they've got their martin Luther king slate they've got the trade deadline in february they want the finals they always want the finals over in june so they're not competing against football and baseball right. and that stuff so yeah uh where's your girlfriend want to go on vacation uh, i'm going to hawaii to interview don nelson or something oh wow she's oh no shit in, she interested in coming along didn't work out but we'll figure out something we went to boston i don't know we'll figure out a, a trip or something able to stay in new york who knows uh so she's not coming with you to uae for uh, don nelson she's not she's oh not. boy gotta work huh that's come on man um Come on. Before we get out of here, let's uh, talk about the book, Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. What's, your, what's the premise here? What are you talking about? You <laughs> well, know what premise, it's talking about, goddammit. Yeah. The premise is, you know, uh, a quick synopsis. It wasn't just Sam Hankey in Philly. All these analytical mind executives came to power on the same time. And mm. Rob Hennigan in Orlando, Ryan McDonough in Phoenix, Pete Dalsandra in Sacramento, the list goes on. And uh, 2014 draft with with Wiggins, your boy, who was going to get traded for Dame and uh, Jabari Parker and Joel Embiid, like they were considered to be the best class since 2003. And those three obviously worked, right? LeBron, Wade, Bosh, Carmelo, they all were franchise changing guys. So all these teams really thought that all those guys in 14 were going to do it the same way. And we saw a big portion of the league. They lost games on purpose to try to win in the future. So the book has, I talked to 300 people for it, players, agents, coaches, executives, It's got a ton of inside info Mm. and behind the scenes stories on on what happened behind the scenes again, like during those couple of years from around 2012 to 2016, when there was, it was super in vogue to lose games on purpose to try to, you know, get these high draft picks and hopefully be like the Bucks are right now. Right. I didn't think it'd be Giannis, but Giannis is, you know, they drafted him in 2013. Now he's potentially leading into the title. Yeah. And let's, uh, we can talk about Detroit. So Detroit's got the first pick. Is it Cade Cunningham? Is that, is that where they're going? That's, that seems to be the consensus. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of talk that their GM likes Evan Mobley a lot, but right now there's honestly, I think a pretty much a consensus around the, around the league that the draft is trending towards Cade one, Jalen Green two, Evan Mobley three, um, Jalen uh, Green's from Jalen uh, Suggs four, yeah, and uh, Scotty Barnes going fifth to, to Orlando. That's kind of where things are trending right now. I think Jalen Suggs is going to have a very successful NBA career. Like he, I like Suggs a lot. I think I like he's he's going to be a fucking excellent player in yeah. the NBA. Big yeah. fan of that guy. I wonder if uh, if you're an NBA franchise, do you have to look if you're Detroit right now and say, hey, number one, I could choose one of these two guys, or do I punt? I mean, you are, based on the research you've done in this book. Does it make sense uh, uh, to, I, I guess, uh, uh, I guess it's not uh, uh, to tank necessarily, but is this guy worth my number one draft pick or can I get a number one draft pick next year, right, by trading this draft pick now and have a better chance at a true franchise player? Yeah, is Cade Cunningham good enough? I mean, he's been considered the number one guy in this class for a while. Like, I remember back when he was on the U19 Team USA stuff, couple of years ago but the people i knew around that team were all talking about him back then it's like he's the guy he's been the guy ever since i mean i don't think the pistons aren't here to like stay here for a while like the mm. goal is to eventually get back right so right. there's a chance i mean i've heard they've definitely been open to trading down i think they i think that if they got the right deal i mean i've heard they're looking for a future first and a young player like that's a pretty steep price when right. you think about Philly gave up a future first only in 2017 to go up and get Mark Cole Fultz. Look how that worked out. But, yeah. um, you know, I, 
I, I think there's definitely interest for Detroit to move down, but yeah. I think they'll probably stay and take it. Well, that's that's why I'm so interested in that because uh, somebody I don't remember who it was, but I read the study, and I'm definitely going to read your book now because this sounds really fascinating. Somebody did a study on the NFL. Uh, and the proclivity for teams to trade up to take what they thought were franchise players and how very rarely that works out. I mean, yeah. th- like, it almost never works out, but they continue to do it. They're going to they, they're do oh, yeah. it again year after year yeah. for whatever reason because the impetus to win is now and blah, 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 I guess. Yeah. But it doesn't well, make very, any sense. Rare, very rarely does the number one pick in the NBA actually lead their team that drafted them to a championship too. Right. I mean, even LeBron, he, he did it with Cleveland, but he left first to go to Miami, right? right so. Yeah. It's not as straightforward as 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 the math makes it seem to be, but in a league where you know if you're not the Lakers or Brooklyn or Miami, where you're in the in the in the competition to get these guys every offseason, mm-hmm. like if you're Milwaukee or OKC or Detroit or Orlando, your best chance at getting superstar or all star type guys is through the draft when mm-hmm. they literally have no choice but to come to you if you draft them. Yeah, yeah. Greg Oden works out pretty well. Uh, I'm an Ohio State guy. Uh, now's the point of the show. We get to the drinking bro of the week, which is someone who has inspired you or helps you become the person you are today. Who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Do they have to? Does it have to be something involved with alcohol? Or no, 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 no. I, actually, this show was actually uh, Dan's in, was uh, in the military. Yeah, it's not about drinking. It's about not having to drink alone, right? So that way, people aren't c- committing suicide. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. We, we should we should probably explain drink. That. Like I'm, I've got water here with a little bit of Cardomax in it. Mm. I'm not yeah. drinking right now. Um, I mean, Lee Jenkins was the lead NBA writer at Sports Illustrated for a long time when I was there too. And um, he's uh, he's always a little hesitant to mention, uh, or from when I mentioned that being that he's with the Clippers now. And I, I want to be on the record that I did not talk to Lee regularly for Intel, but he was a guy that I, I regularly, you know, I, I read all of his stuff and I would see like the details in his story talking about when Kevin Durant got in a car, like it was a blue BMW when he sat in the left seat. I was like, man, what, what questions did this guy ask to even get that information, that type of stuff? Mm. And whenever I had a question, to, like, I would just call him and he'd answer and be happy to talk for however long. Lee was the man and I greatly appreciate him. That's awesome. Yeah, we had uh, Armin Contain on uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, he was back at SI. I, those glory days of SI were the fucking best weren't they? It's all weird now because it's online and you're kind of sharing articles and it's Woj, the Woj bomb. And that's it. Like, that's where we're at. But those fucking yeah. SI days were the glory days, weren't they? Yeah. SI was the dream for me for a long time. I, for, I was fortunate I got there, you know, right out of school and during school too, but it's definitely not the same, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, the new fan sided like team blogger stuff they're doing has been, I mean, they're having these guys write all these definitive articles based off of one source. It's uh, it's 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 not what it was, unfortunately. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for for the old the old motherland, whatever you want to call it, to, to do well. But it is what it is at this point. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, check out Jake's book, Built to Lose. It is available everywhere. Amazon's the easiest place to get this, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you got Kindle audiobook. Did you read your own audiobook? I did not. My voice is nasally and awful. If you guys haven't heard that by now, <laughs> who'd so, you get? Uh, the British guy? Yeah, no, some guy named Kyle. I don't know. They Kyle, you can hear him jacked up on monsters. Yeah, it's like punching punch drywall. drywall in the background. Yeah, they're like, they're like what, what about this guy? And I was like, sure, doesn't really matter that much to me. He's fine. He's a pro. So yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, we appreciate you being on the show, dude. You're a fun dude. Uh, we enjoyed it mm-hmm. today. 
Yeah, uh, appreciate you as well. For yeah. D'Anthony, D'Anthony Hollywood. Oh, shit. Tell everybody where they can find you on social media, actually. Yeah, I'm at Jake L. Fisher, F-I-S-C-H-E-R. I write a column for Bleach Report once a week, pretty much. And uh, yeah, anyone who wants to buy the book, we greatly appreciate it. There's a there's a ton of info in there for NBA fans, funny shit, and interesting transactional rumors, whatever. So there's something in there that any sports fan, I think, will love. And, and it was released on May the 4th, Be With You. Was that your That's choice cool. or the publishers? The publishers, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Just checking, dude. Just checking. <laughs> you made it. I think you made it. I don't mm. think you're going to get canceled today, Jake. I, th- I, I hope. I hope. <laughs> I, that, was, that, 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 that was not my goal going into this, but it quickly became the goal once we started. <laughs> <laughs> We're still live. I can squeeze in one more reference. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, for D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway, I am Ross Patterson. This is Drinking Bros Sports. Good night, everyone.